Music and fun. Miskin Radio. So in Crowdish Skies are Pete Herbert, Sean Taylor and Reese May. Uh, the other member, Matt, couldn't make it. But first we're going to talk to, to Brandon. So, so many comics are, are teachers and, and, and your day job is a teacher. You've got Greg Davis who plays a teacher in sitcoms as well. Right. You've got Ramesh Ranganathan. You've got Andy Quirk, Francis Foster, just to name a few. Oh, I know all those names. What, why, are, why are so many? I don't know. Right. <laughs> Nail that theory. <laughs> that's the end of that interview. Yeah, uh, you guys want to talk about anything else out of that? Tune in next week where we have <laughs> such superb interviews again. Um, but but it's incredible, isn't it? Like the, the amount of people, the, the amount of comics that started in teaching. Yeah, I, it seems like a thing because I feel like there's performance elements of both. To be honest, like you're kind of um, you when you go into a classroom, you kind of have have to do a similar thing and that you have to win over a room and kind of get everybody on your team and uh, being funny is okay too in both scenarios so yeah is it more like like supply teaching well supply teaching works i do i do both i recently jumped into doing like i'm teaching physics now at a jewish school which is really really fun but I was doing uh, supply teaching for a long time and that's just literally like day to day where you just walk in and you don't know what's going to happen. It could be really good or it could be dreadful. And you just kind of have to uh, make it happen. Um, which doesn't say a lot for the school systems, I feel, if this is like <laughs> a very common thing. <laughs> well, like, like, so in, in Crowded Skies, um, when, um, when, when you guys were at school, uh, did, you, did you have like terrible supply teachers? Because I remember myself at being at school, like, oh, the supply yeah. teachers were, were, were pretty... You mean cool. like the ones that just uh, had a textbook and if you took away the textbook, they had... The whole lesson fell apart. Well, I'm not even convinced they were teachers, to be honest. Um, yeah, they, like, they would. It would just be anarchy, wouldn't it? Like as soon as a supply teacher walks in, be like, right, supply teacher. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's that's you kind of the, the the theory, isn't it? When you're in school, you see the supply teacher walking, it's like, yes, 50 mm. minutes of freedom. Do you know what the, Do you know what the trick is though? As a guy on the other side, yeah, yeah. And here's the thing: I know how to counter all this stuff. So. Um, oh, you have that, that, that inside knowledge. I, just like, yeah, oh, I know how to combat this. Come at me. I will give you the solution to all your supply teaching problems. Um, but if you – my move is that when the kids are coming in, before they have a chance to, like, alienate me as a, a, and forget that I'm a human being with feelings. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you do this thing where you, like, greet them at the door and make eye contact and see what's going on. Like, you just – you don't give them a chance to, like, settle right, in and yeah. sit and, like, scheme. You can't, yeah, you kind of got to make that first move. Move, yeah, know, you right. really and it's just like being polite. That's the weird thing. It's huh. like um have you guys seen the movie Roadhouse? Oh no. It's like the rules <laughs> from Roadhouse where it's like the Roadhouse is just about Patrick Swayze being a bouncer slash philosopher. And uh, he's, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. It's I mean do you do you do that it. at gigs? Do you, have you ever like done a stand up gig where you've you've got you've as the audience are walking in, you're standing eye contact greeting them as they come in no but i've heard people do that and they've done it for crummy gigs that was their move is to just sort of get everybody on their team um but also the guy that was doing it i didn't uh, i hated him so much so i don't know if there's any merit to that philosophy (laughs) (laughs) do you do you worry that the kids will will want to see you live yeah but i don't tell them you know what i used to do in when i was teaching in canada i was teaching in uh schools all the time and it was like the same school so there was less uh what do you call it when you're anonymous and on anonymity mm. 
Yeah. yeah. There's less anonymity, right? So what I would do is that they knew my last name was Craig, and if they asked me for my first name to look me up and figure out who I was, I would tell them my name was Greg Craig. <laughs> <laughs> Best name ever. <laughs> well, it gets better, my friend, because then if they went further and they're like, what's your middle name? I was like, oh, it's Greg Craig Craig. <laughs> I was named after my grandfather, Greg Craig Craig the Great Craig. <laughs> Yes. And then by that point, you've just forgotten the the, the, the whole initial conversation. We all yeah. kind of move on. Do you have a test material on them? I did it once. I did it one time, and uh, <laughs> they didn't get the. It was it was like when I first started, so I wasn't very good either. So they didn't. It wasn't a great joke. They didn't get it. It also had an aspect of it where I revealed that I was gay, which they didn't know up until that point. So there was a lot of stuff to just throw at this random and social that, as, studies as, as, class. Yes. <laughs> Did I think it was some sort of experiment or something like that? Like, no, they like, just they just literally like stared blank me at me, and I was like, I'm never doing that again. And I, honestly, when when anybody asks me to do jokes, I just I usually just say no, and then uh, I, I tell I, them there's I, something I behind the them, and I run away. If, if someone asks me to sing on the spot, right? I'm really kind of similar with that. <laughs> What's your favorite song to sing on the spot? I. Haven't you just done what he's just said he doesn't like? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, do totally. it now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wonder- he's, he's totally, oh, he's totally bringing on that Probably classroom Wonderwall. philosophy of trying to, trying to psych him out. Yeah. <laughs> We've only been oh. five minutes, he's already psyching us out. Yeah, guys. I, uh, radio Se- is a competition, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, Se- cool. Secret psychologist. It's survival though, of the yeah. fittest. Um, mm. Okay, so, so this is uh, comedian Brandon Craig alongside uh, Medway me. Band uh, in Crowded Skies. They're going to be doing two live songs uh, very soon. We're going to be hearing about uh, their new EP and their tour uh, here on Miskin Radio. So uh, in with me is Brandon Craig, um, Canadian yeah. comedian and uh, Medway Band in Crowded Skies. Um, now in Crowded Skies, so we've got Pete on vocals and then Sean, uh, Sean Taylor and on guitar and Reese May on guitar as well. They'll be doing two live songs very soon. Uh, you're currently writing your third EP for the summer. We are indeed. Yes, <laughs> yes we are. <laughs> tell, tell us about it. Okay, so um, we just figured that, I mean, well, since I joined the band last year, we just really wanted to make a record that obviously, you know, like any band wants to make a huge continuation on the last record. But we felt this time we wanted to make something a little bit more accessible for everyone, as in we had quite a progressive sound on, well, I say we, you know, I produced the, the last guitarist and everyone else that was in the band last year, had a very kind of like progressive sound, quite a lot of darker elements, very story driven, but this time, you know, we obviously want to keep that in the background, but try and make something that's, anyone can listen to about sort of picking up maybe on the larger themes as a whole. Because you sometimes find nowadays when someone maybe listens to a, like an album, it's very rarely they'll do it front to back. They'll pick out a track or two, maybe find it on YouTube or a friend will show them a track. It's very the, the, the whole art of listening to an album front one to back. One to nine or one to twelve. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah you find us quite rare to have the, the average listener just saying like, oh yeah, I'll listen to track one to track twelve, you know, straight in, in one hit. So you need to make sure every song's like kind of a standout. I don't want any you know, trying to cut the filler uh, where we can. <laughs> and is it going to be four track EP? Oh uh, yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that's, that's really speaking. You joined the band in the last year. Um, yeah. And you you actually produced the last record that the band. Uh, yeah, yeah. I produced yeah the last uh, the last record for these guys and, and a single before that as well. I think. Yeah. No. Yeah. And I was just uh, there was yeah uh, uh, one single called New Skin that I uh, produced as well. Literally when I started my new uh, studio, like they were one of my first clients, and then yeah, sort of just kicks off from there. Really, sort of uh, yeah, ended up being some of my best clients, and then uh, got 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 that offer. Like, yeah, sort of like later last year, saying yeah. Dude, it was great though because you were quite familiar with, mm. especially some of the newer songs because you'd recorded them, you uh, yeah. them, and it was yeah. easy for you to learn because you had the recordings there to work from. So yeah, it, it kind of really sense. worked yeah. out 
you know, we knew you'd fit kind of yeah, personality-wise and musically, but in terms of actually stepping into the band, it, yeah. it was smooth as anything, really. Yeah. Well, and what uh, as, as well, like what you specifically introduced, you um, you introduced the idea of an orchestral version of Count Me In. The Count Me In's the new the new song which yeah. you're going to be doing. That, that kind of come out of nowhere, really. Like uh, yeah, I, I think because you find sometimes when a band wants to make an alternative version of the track, the obvious one is just being you know like oh we got the Rocky version and you know <laughs> making uh, acoustic version. You know let's make it all folky and light. And you know that that is totally cool. But uh, quite a bit of my background is that I spent a lot of last year um, like working on some soundtrack work and like a lot of uh, you know like scoring and stuff. Um, you know, for like like games and all that. So I just um, I literally just took all that experience and was like, hang on, I can kind of blend these two together. Like I took all of um, Pete's vocals and just ran them through uh, some. Turned some, them into violins. Yeah, turned them into <laughs> violins. Literally just really? took all, all, all the uh, tuning data off of uh, yeah. Pete's Pete's vocals and then just um, exported that as a file. You know, and dumped it into in, into my software. It's a huge it. improvement on Pete's vocals. Yeah, yeah exactly. So when, like when when he's doing this, do you guys just watch it? Like, what, and you're like, what 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 are you doing? Like, is it is it just alien to you when he when he's mixing all this stuff and like making an orchestral version of a song? That has uh, no orchestral I'm elements in it originally. What he's doing? Yeah. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> but he does it with confidence. Yeah. That's what counts. Yeah, you got to give that illusion of confidence. I'm in control <laughs> all the time. Well, yes, yeah, Brandon knows about that in teaching. Um, yeah, that's the move. You just absolutely. bluff. Yeah, you have to make your clients or in your case your students feel comfortable even on subjects you might not know much about but you're, you immediately have you know you lose the vibe of everybody even if you say uh, I've got someone coming in being like oh I've got like this dubstep folk you know grunge mashup that I want to do and it's like yeah I've done, I, I did that last week like, no worries I do that all the time and it's like we're in asylum going I have no idea what that is. You just described my vision for our next record. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and, you're, and you're going on tour again as well. Yeah, that's the plan. Uh, yeah, hopefully in the, the summer, probably kind of late summer, we're planning at the moment, I think, aren't we? Uh, yeah, yeah. Get back out on the road. That's you're going to go all over, all over the country? <laughs> yeah, we're sort of trying to cast the net as wide as we can, really. I think that, that that's the great thing about tours. You know, we always try and do shows throughout the year, but keep it more like local, you know, Kent, London, Essex, you know, more south, southwest, whatever. Like, mm. you know, try and keep it in that kind of area. But... Uh, yeah, tour just really gives you an opportunity. You know, whether the shows are good or not, it's just amazing just to kind of go and explore towns and yeah, you know meet new fans. Yeah, yeah, it's so much about that. Yeah, mm -hmm. whether the, you consider when you're a smaller band the shows being throwaway <laughs> or not, it's the fact that you're getting out there. Even if you latch onto that one fan on, on a show on tour, you say, "Oh, yeah, fair enough." And like five people turn up to this gig. Those five people could be like your greatest fans for like the next you know, the next <laughs> decade or whatever. Like if they could follow you and everything. Sometimes that's so valuable. Like you never write off a show. Who drives? You, I mean, I assume you have a van. Do you have a band van? Uh, oh. we, we don't have one, uh, but we do We do tend to yeah, either hire one or get hold of one. Uh, Who does somehow. the driving? So, uh, last time we split it between myself and, uh, and Matt, who's not here, our drummer. Um, he, he does quite a lot of van driving anyway, and he's, he's pretty heroic with his, his long drives and, and everything yeah, else. Uh, but yeah, we try to split it, and you know, if... if the guys have had a few drinks then I'm happy to what, does, what do the other guys do though when like so, so when Sean Pete and Matt sleeps. do you, do you what can you uh, like what do sleep. you do <laughs> last time we played a lot of Pokemon on Game Boy Color and a lot of what one, what one? What uh, so I was rocking the Pokemon Yellow and uh, the other guys more or less and we wired it through the speakers as well so that everyone could that is blasting you hear like the and just that incredibly high quality Game Boy Colour you know, <laughs> right. early 90s Glorious. music just blasting yeah. through the speakers it was brilliant <laughs> have you ever thought of making a Game Boy Colour version of your songs like with uh, yeah. bit tunes and stuff no, I, I did actually that. 
question race. About yeah, but but the way yeah. Pete worded it to me was like he said, right, we got your Kestrel version. How easy is it just to take all of that and turn it in, into like an eight-bit game music? And I was like, I was like, you, you you don't understand production that much if you think I can hit like three buttons. It, you know, what you should, it should be that simple. You so, should, it just has it just has a desk and you can press Pikachu, yeah. Charizard, Bulbasaur. Pokemon soundboard. Yeah, yeah I've, I've, oh, you want the Pikachu sound library? Yeah, it's right here, man. I would I would love to hear eight tunes version of the song with violin vocals i think that's and it is all possible and if i can be bothered i'll make it happen just for you especially for you Uh, at a very reasonable fee (laughs) (laughs) how reasonable Don't know, a couple of zeros, then maybe a couple more. London rate, mm. reasonable. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Right, okay, well, we, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll enjoy it now. So um, if, you, uh, if you introduce uh, your first song. Hello, guys, this is In Crowd Skies, and this one is called Open Arms. you help me so that I can adjust without the rest of all the stress of life and I can't thank you enough for what you've done no I can't thank you enough took a leap of faith to see just how greener the grass could be you've got to pinch me cause I think I'm dreaming and I can't thank you enough for what you've done no I can't thank you Coming me with open arms I cannot help myself when I see you smile I just want more You're welcoming me with open arms I cannot help myself when I see you smile I just want more Don't know about you, but I, I know it's right for me. I don't know about you, but I, I know it's right for me. I don't know about you, but I, I know it's right for me. I don't know about you, but I, I know it's. 
That is In Crowded Skies with Open Arms. That is the first live chat they're doing. Okay, so now it is time uh, for our second live song. Um, and if you want to watch it, you can. Just go into the Miskin Radio Facebook page and you'll be able to watch it as you listen to it. So I'll leave it up to you, In Crowded Skies. Hey, so we're In Crowded Skies. You're listening to the Kieran Paul Sessions. Uh, this song's called Count Me In. It's uh, our latest single, which is up for free download. Just listen, here it comes again. 
end There is so much that I would change Find a memory, turn the page Just hold on tight Think of who you want to be And close your eyes Count me in And there is so much that I would change Find a memory, turn the page And this is your last chance to live It's incredible, guys. Their new uh, single, Count Me In, live here on, on Michigan Radio. So uh, we're going to play another track, and then we're going to be chatting more to comedian uh, Brandon Craig and the incredible uh, Skies chaps as well. And now this uh, is a world exclusive, this next track. Uh, we've had nine in a row now, nine shows in a row. We've had a song that is the first time it's ever been played on the radio on Earth. This one is from Pedestrian Zero, and it's called Won't Be Told. Um, now, Brandon Craig, uh, we've just had the live session with Incredible Skies. Did you enjoy that? I loved it. Good, I like that. Yeah. It, it would be diabolical Aww. if he turned around and went, nah. I always run that. One. <laughs> I always do that bit and run the risk of them going, not really, no. Like, no has anybody ever like done that? No, but that's because people are lovely and polite. But why would they? You know, that would has, any, has anybody ever oh. faked it, though? Have they been like, oh, yeah, definitely, but then you could tell that they were lying? Oh, I hope not. No, no, no one fakes anything in this studio. So one, one of the things I loved, I love uh, asking specifically comedians and, and bands in a way, but specifically comedians and actors, especially, oh. um, is for the weirdest jobs. Mm. Now, tell us about the job that you did in a, in a small, a small town, Fairview in, in Alberta, where you're from in Canada. Tell us about the job you had there. Well, Fairview is my hometown. I grew up in Fairview. It's a town of like 3000 people in just, just nowhere. It's just way up in Northern Alberta. And uh, I was working for the summer at the Fairview Tourist Information Booth. And we didn't have any tourists. Exotic. <laughs> and then, <laughs> it was, that was the other thing, too. It was also like, it was, um, oh, man, it was, it was all the, a lot of campgrounds and like fishing places around there. That's what everybody wanted to know. But then I wasn't like outdoorsy, so I couldn't even, yeah. like, when people came in, I didn't even have any good information. Like, it just, it's outside the door somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Got the road and yeah, it's somewhere up there. I don't really know. (laughs) There was like literally like a big shelf of just like campsite guides, and I was just like, look around, you guys will find it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then I went back to hiding behind the desk. And uh, was it like a shack? It was. It was a shack. It was a shack shack, uh, in the industrial park, and the only sign that 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 thing was. The only side that that building was a tourist information booth was this, you know those uh, sandwich boards? Yeah. 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 It was a sandwich board that just had a question mark on it as to say, <laughs> why does this exist? Yeah. <laughs> so that was it. It was just a question mark and like nothing else. That was it. That so so every, every, how old were you at this point? Oh God, I was 19, I think. I was just out of so high school. Every, so every time you went to work, you went to a workplace that had a question mark like questioning the actual usefulness of the workplace that you were working yeah. at. Yeah, wow. Yeah, and I did it. That's all I did all day. Well, I had. I would just sit there. And did you put the new question mark on every day, or was did someone do? Did someone no, have it was that was the, the one thing I had to do every day. I had to get in there. I had to take the question mark outside and put it out. And then at the end of the day, I put it back. And there was also a point where I was supposed to. I was supposed to paint the the deck of this little shack, and. I put it off for like two weeks and I didn't have anything else going on. I was just sitting in that shack 
literally reading comic books and I brought a television and like a PlayStation in there so I played through Final Sounds Fantasy like, X that yeah. summer. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. It was a great time but like it was that thing where you know when you like have a bunch of time on your hands and, and it makes doing anything impossible like you'll have dishes and you, that's all you want to do in the day and you just won't get them done. Yeah. yeah. That was my whole job. <laughs> <laughs> How how often would someone would someone come on, or was it literally just never? It was like it was like I get one two people a day maybe, sometimes that didn't happen. Um, and then they would ask me where to go camping. I would not know. <laughs> so even like the one or two people you had coming there, you couldn't even answer their questions. No, I was really really bad at the job. Oh, okay. <laughs> there was one point I after a while I got like I just started going out and drinking the night before, and uh, I was just I I came in. And uh, behind the desk, I like George Costanza, I had like a pillow and a blanket and I had fallen asleep behind the desk of the shack. <laughs> and when I woke up, people were in the shack <laughs> looking at the How magazines. Long have you been here? Yeah. I didn't know. I had no idea. I just had to pop up and be like, hey, yeah, try and start out. Just be like, oh, you guys, you guys need a hand with this. Did you give like really drunk directions as well? Like yeah. round, uh, left at the elephant uh, and then uh, right yeah, at I the big Yeah, I gave cartoonishly drunk directions. I, was, <laughs> I had uh, stink lines coming out of my head. You read too many comic flies. books. You had too many comic books. <laughs> um, and, and and what about Fairview as well? Um, it's What's the rumor about with the stand-up as well? The rumor that it has. Oh, this is a brilliant thing. So I, I do stand-up now and then... Uh, Fairview, growing up, it had uh, a Yuck Yucks affiliated club. It wasn't a real club. It was just a bar that they had comedy every Tuesday night, and it was the worst bar in town. And I found out later, once I started doing stand-up, regarded as the worst place to perform stand-up comedy in Canada. Wow. <laughs> All of Canada. So pretty much if you made it there, you've made it for our Canada. Like, as in if you can get a... <laughs> well, that's the thing, because if you made it there, you might have been doing a, you know, kind of racist material. Or... Yeah. <laughs> All right. Going through to <laughs> the... Yeah. might not have gone Gone down, gone down well yeah. elsewhere. Yeah. Your, your yeah, next gig was to your cellmates. Yeah. I don't want to paint with a broad brush, but it was that the people, there's a lot of good people in my town, but the people that went to that bar specifically were horrible, horrible, yeah. horrible human beings. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's so many stories of people almost dying, like they got chased out of there because they would just wow. go in there and try and, and fight the comedian, and it was, that was a nightmare. <laughs> And supposedly, I haven't seen this, but there's a rumor that there's uh, there's footage of Norm Macdonald on David Letterman, and he's telling a story about the worst gig he's ever done, and he name drops Fairview as the place. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, I'm, then I came from there, and... Uh, what, what would have inspired you to do stand-up? Did you know that when you first decided to do stand-up, that there was a place in your small town that is considered like, really... I recognized it growing up, but I think it had shut down before I became of age to drink and go to this bar, and even then, like, it was just a weird bar, man. It was, uh, they called it the New Grand Hotel. That was the name of the place. But then after a while, they did a rebranding and very classily named it uh, the G Spot. (laughs) (laughs) Never found it. So um, uh, we're going to play. You know where the G Spot is, right? (laughs) Never heard of it. Uh, So uh, we're going to play the new song now from uh, Weekend Recovery. The gateway to your community. Miskin Radio. Thank you for listening. And if you get your podcasts on iTunes, please do leave a lovely review. And don't forget to subscribe to get them before anybody else. Also, do find us on Facebook and on your phone on Instagram too. Just search the Kieran Paul Sessions. Bye bye.